host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. Today I have a special guest and welcome Fearless Happiness Podcast. Again, I have a great guest who was my first guest when I started this podcast and I always love having him. Uh, today we have Chris Whitehead from Iconic Alliance and today's going to be a great episode. So I'm going to let Chris introduce himself real quick and we're going to jump right in. Chris, take it away. Thanks for having me back again. And what are you? What episode is this? Oh, dude, you! I think by the time I get to you, this one, it'll be about episode 40. Episode 40. So first of all, congratulations. Most people don't make it past episode three. So that's a heck of an accomplishment. And uh, for your listeners, yeah, I was blessed to be the first guy on your show. And um, as probably about a year ago. Yeah. And, you know, m- my life has radically changed in a year. And I would expect if we get on a phone call next year, it'll radically change again. And all of it's for the good. Uh, even when setbacks happen, it's for the good. But for your audience to know, I am uh, a multiple business owner. I'm an investor. I'm 48 years old. I've been a business owner for half my life. I'm a number one best-selling author of the book, Becoming Iconic, How to Make Today's Ceiling Tomorrow's Floor. Uh, I'm the director of executive coaches for the number one networking mastermind on the planet called Apex. And uh, I also host Iconic Alliance, which is my opportunity to help other people make money and live better lives with their families and with their communities. And um, it's a growing group of people and we're really, really excited about it. But The most important thing, I'm a human, just like everybody else. And my story is with the right purpose. Uh, Whoever you are destined to be, you can become it. And I'm going to invest the rest of my life helping more and more people do that very thing. So hopefully today, somebody will take some uh, a nugget or something out of this. And I love to live by the moniker, everyone. Take what you like and leave the rest. If I say something doesn't resonate with you, it doesn't mean throw the baby out with the bathwater. It it means maybe we need to change the bathwater. So, but bro, we've been friends for a very, very long time. And uh, I am grateful to be here with you. So thank you. Yeah. And I'm grateful you're here. You know, I love you, bro. We've been going on 11 years. We've known each other now. And uh, to let the audience know, him and I have seen each other at our lowest pretty much. And we, you know, to watch Chris... Chris's growth in the last couple of years, like, let me tell you this gentleman, when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Right. And you know what this, this episode is going to be about, and Chris will tell you, and you guys will learn where I learned this from to live in purpose on purpose. And I learned it from this man here. Right. You know, like he said, he's a best-selling author, multiple business owner, 
But when I met Chris, and he'll tell you, I remember, you know, he shared with me right after, like he was in his apartment with everything getting ready to get shut off, nothing to his name in debt. And, um, you know, he knows that I'm in recovery, right? We've had multiple talks about labeling ourselves, right? Which at first, you know, when he first met me, I was new into the program and I was like, oh, you can't tell me that shit, man, that, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I got one day he said, you know, like, and I'm not telling anybody who's in recovery not to say you're an alcoholic or an addict or whatever, but we are human in this human race that they call. And um, I just want people to understand what Chris is coming from. So tell people, Chris, like what that means to you living in purpose on purpose and what I just kind of went over uh, about, okay. you know, labeling ourselves and not doing that. So I, I live under the belief that each each of us is unique. Each of us has a fingerprint, right? And that fingerprint is not duplicated. And when I really stopped to consider that, I had to start considering all the disempowering things that, that I've been taught my entire life. Some of them purposefully, but most of them, uh, quite honestly, came from people that said that they loved me. And I think that they were, I either triggered them with behavior that was different than theirs, or they were looking out so that I didn't get hurt or whatever it was, but somehow some way disempowering thoughts came in. And with that being weighed on the scale against, I had this deep seed feeling in me that something was special about me. I, I had something that I had to say. I had something that I was supposed to do for the world. You know, just like every other boy that went and watched a Rocky movie, I came out of the movie ready to beat up, you know, whoever showed up. And when I watched Superman, I was Superman. And when I watched Star Wars, I was Luke Skywalker and I was Han Solo. And instead of just embodying that in the moment and then going back to something quote unquote normal and accepting my reality, I had this unscratchable itch inside of me that I had something that needed to get out. And I wanted to find out what it was. And through that long journey, there was a lot of ego. There was a lot of, I'm better than you. There was a lot of things that I said that, you know, looking back on, I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. But what I came to the realization was that in order for me to be the best of what I am, I have to recognize in other people the best of who they are and that I get to shine a light on that. And that is my purpose. Um, my purpose of being in purpose which is understanding that I've been made unique in this world and that I have a message to share and that I'm going to share that unapologetically actually gives other people permission to do the same thing. And doing that on purpose, meaning with a strategy, with a plan, being willing to overcome whatever I have to overcome to do that has become something that I find a lot of people like to not only follow, but then take up arms with me. And we run that race together. And in the nuances of your and my conversation, I think it was years into our relationship. You and I just got on the phone one day and we were talking about going to an AA meeting and I visited AA meetings, but I'm not a, I'm not a, someone that visits all the time for recovery. And I just said, Hey, Max, you know, one of the things that I don't agree with is standing up and, and claiming that you're an alcoholic or that you're an abuser of substances, because I believe what you're doing every time you speak that out loud in your voice, which is the most believable voice you have, that you're telling the universe that this is who you want to be. You're training your subconscious or your unconscious mind that you are this limiting thing. Whereas instead, why not claim that you're not something and even better, just claim something completely different because the unconscious mind uh, only understands toward commands. It doesn't 
the unconscious mind, if you say, I do not want to look at a pink elephant, or I do not want to think about a pink elephant, a pink elephant pops in your mind. If I do not, I do not. So the unconscious mind doesn't register can't, and it only registers can. So I am an overcomer. I am a man on purpose. I am a man of God. I am a great husband. I am, I am, I am, I am wealthy. I am this, I am that. And as we start claiming those things, what happens is our ego rubs against us because, you know, it's like, but I know that I'm not. Well, that gives you a really good opportunity to then look at the behaviors that you're putting out into the world that make you I am not and start actually doing the behaviors that give you an opportunity or a chance to be I am. And what I know is in due course, if you don't quit. So if you're in purpose on purpose for long enough, that eventually that starts to bear fruit. And then you can, you know, scale that, whatever that thing is. And that's not only worked for me, it's worked for my clients. It's worked for my friends. It's worked for my children. It's worked for my wife. It's worked for everybody that I'm around. And I go, oh, I just figured out a foundational thing of life, which is if we claim what we want and then we do the work, we'll get the result. I don't know when, I don't know how, I just know that that's the way the world works. And I think what we end up doing often is we complicate it with emotions and other such things. And then we get mixed results and then we get ourselves even more tied up in a knot. And one of the things that I really like to do, especially the older I get, is I don't like to go on and on and complicate things. I like to look at things very, very simply. That doesn't mean that it's easy, but I like to make it really simple so that I don't forget the steps so that I can produce a result that other people can also produce. And I find the better that I get at making it simple the better I'm able to scale and the better I'm able to scale, the better I'm able to accomplish the goals and the dreams that I have and my family has. Yeah. See, that's, and that's what I wanted the audience to get. So hopefully someone learned something from that just now. Right. And here's a perfect example. Like I've been working with Chris and our, our late friend, great friend, Lonnie Robinson. And I remember when I told these guys, everybody, like, I'm going to be a podcast host, but I would come up with, Because I would tell, it was funny, I would tell them that, but in my head, I was telling myself that wasn't perfect or I can't do this. You know, I was speaking, it took me a long time. And you know, Lonnie, right? A lot of, he doesn't cuss very much, but I remember right before I started it, because I was giving him excuses. I, I can't edit. I don't know how to do this. And he's like, fucking Max, just fucking do it. Perfect doesn't mean done. And just believe, you know, that was one of Lonnie's biggest thing was to tell everybody, just believe. And now I'm here with my very good friend, Chris Whitehead. Um, I'll be releasing episode 30 uh, on Wednesday. And it's all because I started doing these things that they taught me was to speak things into existence, right? It's kind of like Napoleon Hill says, right? If you can believe it, you can achieve it. All that, you know, if you can dream it, you can believe it, you can achieve it. What Chris, if everybody needs to listen to what he says is you got to tell yourself that you can do it. Right. Because if you keep going, okay, Chris, I see what you're saying, but in the background, you're going, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Right. You've seen me go through that. How many times did you have to tell me and pull my head out of my butt and go, Max, you're, you're telling yourself the wrong thing. So, you know, when it comes to that, like we had that interesting conversation about Brene Brown. Right. And, and, you know, and this is not against the recovery community. You know, I believe in it. It's been my foundation, but kind of let the audience know. Right how to not label themselves. I know we just kind of covered it, but kind of di- dig a little bit deeper. I want, cause my clients may, may be listening to this one day, you know, I'm going to use sure. it as a group. So sure. let them understand what you like, get a little bit deeper on this so they can understand. 
So Brene Brown, I was actually listening to it this morning on the way to work. And Brene Brown has a book right now called The Gifts of Imperfection. And for anybody that doesn't know her, she's a TEDx talker and just guru because she's willing to dive into these really, really painfully delicate subjects um, like shame and blame and guilt and emotions that we all want to run away from. Well, she's made a career diving into them and really uncovering them. And I was talking to you about it um, a little bit before the podcast. It was really interesting uh, because she said the exact same thing I did. She went to AA uh, she decided to quit smoking. She decided to quit drinking. She decided to quit binge eating all these things. And she went to AA and she was like, it doesn't resonate with me because it's so disempowering to, to label myself a certain way. And for me, um, I've, you know, I've seen life is kind of this like pendulum, right? First, I'm like way over here on the left side of things. Then I go way over here on the right side of things. And through a lot of experience, I start finding my own balance inside of it, or at least harmony, if not balance. And I think she's speaking of the same thing. And, you know, one of the things that I learned, uh, and, and I've been practicing for 20, almost 30 years of my life, is I read a book by Scott Peck, MD, called The Road Less Traveled. And in that book, he's a Christian, but he's also a psychologist or a psychiatrist and a very, very successful and a very um, world-renowned one. And so he talked about the four stages of religion. And he said, you know, the first stage is atheism. The second stage is agnosticism. The third stage is institutionalization. And the fourth stage is mysticism. Now, if you don't know what an atheist is or an agnostic is, go check it out. It's not really that important. But at some point, uh, most of us end up deciding we want to develop a spiritual side of our life. Most of us at some point go get a job and we learn the techniques that we have to do to keep that job and possibly even be successful at that job, right? And so what I'm, the reason I brought both of those things up in the same sentence is because how you do anything is how you do everything. So what I'm getting ready to share works spherically. It works in anything, your personal relationship with your spouse, everything, right? But this idea of becoming institutionalized means that, have you ever seen Max um, dancing with the stars or somebody that's just like really, really technically perfect at dancing? Have you ever seen that? Mm -hmm. And you can tell that like their their posture when they finish and the twirlies and all the crap they do, like they taught how to dance. Have you ever seen a little child? just bebopping his butt along to a song and just falling in love with watching him free. Oh yeah. I have a granddaughter that does that all the time. So institutionalization, you can be technically sound and perfect with no smile on your face whatsoever. That's not good enough for me. I want to go to that fourth stage of spirituality, which is mysticism, which is me and God, me walking out into the world bravely, willing to allow the lessons to unfold, the relationship to develop so that I can be like that little child, just bebopping my butt to a song. And I don't give a damn whether you like what I'm doing or not, because in my God's eyes and in my heart, I'm doing it perfectly. And I believe that we live in a world right now that craves that level of authenticity And I I believe you are lifted up into the world when you're brave enough just to be who you are. And I think that's the craziest thing to think that being who you are is the pinnacle of success. Because for all of these millennia, we've been preaching everything but that. 
Right. But there's a strong calling right now to being who you've been meant to be. And I'm grateful to be a champion of that cause to help people walk in freedom to know that all the answers are already inside of them. If you're just brave enough to face your own truth. And so that's how I can best encapsulate the lessons that you and I talked about earlier and how to, you know, abstain from behaviors and habits that don't serve you anymore. See, when we take the no-no out of something, when we say you're not a, we no longer say you're a bad person because you've done this, right? but instead say, when you do this, isn't it a better way to live? Don't you feel more alive? Don't you start to have this experience that you're grateful that you're here? Another key word, great gratitude. Okay. That all of a sudden you become your own free human being doing what you're meant to do that nobody else can tell you the right way or the wrong way to do it. And that way you evolve us as a human race. And I believe we're catching on to that. And I believe that more and more of us are starting to speak about it, especially as other forces that are from the past keep rearing their ugly head with their gazillions of dollars and posting it on media and everything they can to kind of continue to suppress us. Right. Just in an agent of freedom, man. And I believe that that mysticism that Scott Peck MD talked about, I believe that what Brene, Brene Brown was talking about allows us to live an authentic life. And I love hanging out with people that are authentically who they are, even if I disagree with them. <laughs> right. <laughs> like myself. No, yeah. but here, that's just, this is exactly the reason uh, I brought you back on. Right. Because you just nailed it. Right. Yes. I'm a 12 stepper have been, it's kept me sober for 18 years. There's nothing, this is not a dish on any, or dish on any 12 step program or anything like that. I just want my audience to see what else is out there. Right. And like, I've learned from this gentleman and I have been friends for 11 years almost now. And he's taught me a lot. And I wouldn't be where I am today without this gentleman's help, right? Because we've, it's not always been a positive talk. He's kicked me in the butt and said, dude, you need to freaking change. You know, I hear this same thing coming up over and over again. Like, fuck, excuse my language, but I don't care. You know, he's right. And this is the kind of thing I want, like the clients I serve to hear, right? I don't want them to be in a box, right? I want them to see the world all the good people in it, all the people that have been through like what Chris has been through. And like I shared earlier, I remember when we were talking one time and he was sharing about he had nothing. Like he was sitting in an apartment with about everything to get shut off, just him, himself and himself. <laughs> and, um, you know, we've grown a lot together, but Chris has grown like by leaps and bounds. So that's why when this gentleman shares, I pay attention right? I don't go, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, right? So how can people, this is what I want to get into next. So that was great. How can people get to know you better? Matter of fact, let them know about your book. Talk about your book, Chris. Okay. So, you know, um, it won't be the last, but I wrote a book and I was blessed enough for it to be a number one best-selling book in Gosh, a lot of different categories. The one I'm most proud about is um, business and personal uh, consultant and coach. So I hit that on Amazon um, in the number one category. I'm like, daggone. Um, it certainly does something for your self-image. Let me tell you that, everybody. <laughs> but, um, but more importantly, the book is my first real call on a professional level to 
open up the opportunity to give people a salt lick. And, you know, I can't make them drink water. I can't make anybody do anything, but you know what I can do? I can make you hungry for it. And at the same time, I can also talk to you from all the experiences that I've had that have led me down to some really foundational things. Now, one of my companies, I own a remodeling company. We own a very successful multi-million dollar um, bedroom or excuse me, bathroom, kitchen, addition, remodeling company. And so building a foundation is like, it just makes sense, right? There's no sense to build the third floor if you put it on sand, it's just going to fall down. So we have to build a strong foundation. And after being in business for 24 years, uh, what I've learned is that I used to have 12 things that I had to focus on. And it really drove me crazy because I was busy, busy, busy. And eventually I learned, well, it's just one thing. So you know, the 12-step program, as an example, um, is really just one thing. It's called integrity. Now, how you learn it is by going through these 12 steps. There's a process that you go through to be in integrity. Um, well, what if in my book, I just kind of talk about all that in such a way that people have aha moments about what integrity does and doesn't look like. It's not to make anybody feel bad. It's not to make anybody feel good. It's to shed the light on the fact that if you can keep your mind focused on this one, two, or three things in life, you might end up having some success and you might end up becoming addicted to that success. You might end up becoming somebody that other people, that you're proud that other people are following because you're teaching them how to live a more holistic or better life or get the results that they want to get. And that's what this book is about. It's an introduction to that. And it's also an introduction to my style of coaching. Um, as you've said, uh, I don't have a problem telling people the truth or at least my truth. Um, I try to do it with kindness and with love, but every once in a while it slips out and I end up yelling at somebody. Um, but at the end of the day, it's because I've been in team sports. I've been in organizations where we have a whole bunch of type A personalities, people striving to get things done. And I like to cut through the chase of things because I think the one limiting factor that we have on earth is our time. And so why have conversations about things that don't move the needle forward? And that's part of being in purpose on purpose. Like, you know, I don't give my time to everyone. It's not because I don't love everyone. It's because where is my best, where's the best use of my time to get the results that I have based upon my life. And what I've recognized is that the most successful people in life are very, very focused on that. And so these, this book has many of those kinds of examples and a lot of stories in there um, of experiences that I've had for relatability and then saying, here's what I've learned from it. And it's a pretty cheap book. I think it's like 10 bucks on Amazon. It's $3 on Kindle. So if you want to check it out, trust me, I am not making money off the royalties of that thing. I think to date, I've made like 75 whole dollars, um, <laughs> even though I'm a number one bestseller. So it's not for the money. It's to truly help. And that's one of the things that I've seen from for people that are highly successful is that they're not at all what the media says. You know, there are these curmudgeon miserly people that are taking advantage of others. The most successful people in life that I've met are people that give and give and give and give. And the reason that I give is because my greatest joy comes from doing it. Seeing someone else find that success in some way, vicariously, I feel that success as well. And I'm just as excited for them as I am for myself. And I know that's cliche, but it's the truth. When you see someone else succeeding and you know you've played a small part in helping them get there, it allows me to feel anyway, like I am in purpose. And it gives my life 
meaning and it gives it a much grander sense of adventure than me just doing it for myself or me doing it just for my immediate family or for my close circle of friends. And to think that maybe one day I'm leaving a legacy where my great, great grandchildren, they're never going to know my name or they might know my name, but they certainly won't know me. Uh, but to know that I maybe put something in place that allowed them to have more clarity and to avoid some of the pitfalls that you and I've certainly had. Cause although I'm grateful that I got to experience them, I'm also grateful that I'll never have to again. And when you spoke about, you know, you and I, or me at that time, when I had nothing, dude, what was I doing? I was still on the phone with you. And I think we were writing the outline of your book. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and I didn't, I didn't charge any money for it because we were just becoming friends and I wanted to help a brother out. And here we are 11 years later, we're great friends. Um, you know, that I'm never going to tell you to do something that I either, I don't do myself or say something that benefits me without benefiting you. And I see you as the same way. And I think about what would it be like for people that have had such messed up relationships to start having a circle of people around them that they trust. How secure do you feel in life? See, money can come or go. That's what I've learned. See, what the other part of the story is when I didn't have anything, that was a midpoint in my story because I had had a lot. Then I lost it all mm -hmm. and then I rebuilt it. And this time it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's because I learned some things. I learned that I wasn't doing what I'm doing for the result of money. I'm doing what I'm doing for something way more important. And money is just one of the results that shows up on that tree. And that's what I want to see other people doing too, because they'll live more fulfilled lives. They're people that I'm comfortable letting my children hang out around. Uh, they're people that I'm comfortable with my eventual grandchildren be around and everybody that I love, because I know that they are in integrity. And integrity is a word that's very, very easily spoken. It's very hard to measure um, from the outside because people don't know what you do in the dark. Yeah. I'm just trying and now successfully doing, I'm helping people remain in integrity no matter what by taking the no-no out of it and actually inspiring people to gain some self-image points because they know what they're doing in the dark will eventually be seen in the light. Absolutely. And everybody, just so you know, I've seen this man give until we've been on three, four hour conversations. We have laughed. He's hearing me cry. I mean, mm. I used to work two hours away from where I live now and we've had some serious conversations and we've had ones where I've laughed like guttural, almost crashed my car till I get to work laughs. You know what I mean? Um, so take to heart like he said, what you, you think is will work for you and leave the rest. But this man has helped me many times and, and he doesn't even know how much. And um, like he said, the beauty of this thing is, is this man knows my wife. One time we were starting a conversation. They ended up having a three hour conversation one night and I was just like, yeah, but that's how it rolls. You know, that's how we roll together. And, um, you know, I'm honored that you became uh, that you came on as a guest again to share some wisdom. I really want people to know who you are because everybody, this guy is a giver. He gives till it hurts. And then he gives some more. I've seen it in action over and over and over again. Luckily I haven't been one of the guys he's yelled at. He's gotten raised his voice a little bit, but he like, he hasn't yelled. I haven't given him a reason to totally yell at me. So, nope. but here's the thing is I, I trust this man with my life and that that's rare to find. So I take to heart what he tells me. I, I take it seriously. So 
Chris, I really appreciate you. I know you got a, you know, a busy day ahead of you. I wanted people to understand where you come from, how I've learned from you. Hopefully everybody gets a lot out of this. I wanted them to know that they, where they can get your book. So before we part, um, let people know if they want to work with you, where they can find you, where they can find your book and yeah, go from there. So my name is spelled K-R-I-S, Chris Whitehead. Um, I spend most of my time, uh, if I'm on social media, on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you can find me. I'm official Chris Whitehead on Instagram. I'm the Chris Whitehead on Facebook. And if you want to buy the book, it's Becoming Iconic, How to Make Today's Ceiling, Tomorrow's Floor. Uh, and you can get that on Amazon in paperback or on the Kindle version. And like Max says, look, if you want to reach out and have a conversation, you're serious about upgrading your life, I'm happy to get on a 15, 20 minute call with you and just talk about things. And if I can help you out, I'll help you out. And what I won't do is I won't sell you anything. Um, in fact, if anything, you'll be selling yourself. But what we're here to do, and Max is a part of this, we're on a mission for the rest of our lives and it's, it's growing, it's growing and growing and growing. We're on a mission to change people's lives for the better. And it's one of the most humbling experiences I've ever been through everyone, because here's, what's really cool. When I had to give for a little bit, did it hurt only because I didn't have the resources at the end of that, but I found out through not having anything that I was still the same guy that when I had stuff. And so what I got to learn is that I love being that kind of person. Not everybody does. That doesn't make me better. It doesn't make me worse. It just makes me who I am. I just want to help other people find out who they really are because in the process of you getting in alignment with that, all these other things that are called success or the way that we define them in the material world, start showing up as well. And then it just becomes a tool that you can use to grow that success into helping more and more people. So Max, I appreciate you having me back again. Uh, I appreciate our conversations, brother, and I'm here to help you in any way that I can. Oh, you know, and we'll continue to work together. I got a goal, you know what it is, and that'll be happening. Um, again, I appreciate you coming on here because you always give some really good truth bombs, as they say, and, and you share some value that anyone can use. It doesn't matter who you are. And again, you know, my family and I are grateful for you. You helped me through some of the toughest times in my life to stay on track and not go way, like you said, way off to the left and, and yep. disappear. Um, yeah, this gentleman, everybody is, is an amazing human being. He's got an amazing family. I got to meet his wife in February. Um, yeah. So if you need help, look him up. He'll, he's always willing and, and glad to help where he can before you leave. Any last final thoughts? I'm going to leave you with this. Most people don't have what they want because they don't truly know what they want. And the dawning of your discovery is to figure out who you really are by knowing what you really want. And when you figure out what you want and you get that burning desire inside of you that this is what I really want, not what you don't want, what you really want, you'll start doing the work. The opportunities show up for you to start doing that work. And if you just don't quit on yourself, you're going to find success on a whole new level. And all I ask you to do when you start finding that success is start giving it back to other people and help make our world a better place. I love you, Max. You too, my brother. Again, thank you. This was awesome. All right, everybody have a great day. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Peace.